when one of the physicians in the group behaves in a disrespectful way, it's time to address it. This should be handled as soon as it starts becoming noticeable to partners and employees, and preferably before the first formal complaint. Given the hashtag MeToo movement and the general woke nature of our society today, poor behavior isn't being tolerated and it is being called out. So there isn't any hiding behind the profession as some physicians used to be able to do back in the day. Welcome to Medical Money Matters, the podcast where you can find experts, answers, and resources so that you can achieve mastery over the financial and business aspects of your practice. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jill Arena. I began my career in accounting and finance, and I have more than 30 years of experience running medical groups. I own and operate a national healthcare consulting and revenue cycle company, and I am the author of Physician Heal Thy Financial Self. In 2020, I co-founded the Physician Leadership Project, and my passion is to increase financial and business literacy for physicians. Episode 27, The Bad Partner, Why Intentional Culture is So Important. Managing poor physician behavior. I can almost hear you shudder. We see many groups tolerating inappropriate, risky, and even outright illegal behavior from physicians, especially those who are partners in their groups. It's almost as if they can act with impunity as no one sees it as their responsibility to coach, counsel, or discipline a physician and groups will rarely terminate a physician, even those with the most egregious behaviors. We've seen groups with physicians who are inappropriate with staff, taking money from the practice in disproportionate shares, using prescription drugs or street drugs like cocaine, unsafe with patients, and practicing poor quality medicine. This sets up a great deal of stress and discomfort, especially if the physician in question is also a partner in the business. So, why don't we deal with this? Most physicians, and many administrators too, are naturally conflict avoidant. We went into healthcare to help others, not because we enjoy managing unruly people. So, we turn a blind eye. We know it will be an unpleasant conversation, and we're worried about damage to the group's reputation if the physician gets angry or confrontational when they are approached. We worry that exiting a partner will be difficult, conflict-ridden, and expensive, and we're not even sure where to start. Then we start perseverating about possible lawsuits. Then we stop. We'll deal with it next time an issue comes up. The result of all of this is that poorly behaving partners seem untouchable. In reality, they're not. And keep in mind they're creating risk and potential expense for your group every day. Remember, as we said in episode 23, you'll get the behavior you tolerate. This is true for staff and physicians alike. And physicians, like staff, deserve feedback and coaching when their behavior isn't in alignment with the rest of the group. 
So this begs the question, what does the group see as their culture? Having intentionality around your culture doesn't ensure that you'll never have problems with physicians or staff, but it does ensure that you'll have a clear path and a good compass with which to navigate. In our last episode about recruiting, we discussed this. It's imperative that you are intentional and mindful about your culture. If you're not, it will evolve and will generally follow the whims of the loudest partner or employee, who in many cases is the resident bully and is only speaking his or her reality, not one that is representative of the whole group. Developing intentionality around your culture takes time and energy and is worth every minute. Begin by discussing it informally among the leadership and garnering support for taking it on. Once that's established, continue by adding it as a discussion point to the agenda for your next board meeting. Start slow. Rome wasn't built in a day. There are many excellent guides available. One of our favorite is from Gallup, whose research shows that only 2 in 10 employees feel connected to their organization's culture. And while our numbers may be a bit higher in healthcare, there is clearly still work to be done. Once you've socialized the conversation around culture, you're on your way to being intentional about it. Many groups go on to develop physician compacts, which clearly delineate the give and the get, so physicians are clear coming into the organization what they are expected to give the group, their time, their expertise, their commitment to practice under specified standards of care, and what they will get in return, compensation, benefits, and fair treatment. A note, physician compacts are separate and apart from physician contracts, which is a legal construct for employment or partnership, and we'll have more on both in upcoming episodes. As you continue with culture development as a standing agenda item for your board meetings, you'll begin to develop some common themes. You might use those to create an informal list of cultural norms for your group, or you might spin it up into a formal physician compact. These can be powerful recruitment tools, too. It shows that your group is mindful and intentional about its culture and how you will be with one another. We always recommend that your list begin with a cultural norm that you always communicate respectfully with your partners and colleagues. Everyone will agree with this statement when it's made, and not all of them will live up to it. So, when one of the physicians in the group behaves in a disrespectful way, it's time to address it. This should be handled as soon as it starts becoming noticeable to partners and employees, and preferably before the first formal complaint. Given the hashtag MeToo movement and the general woke nature of our society today, poor behavior isn't being tolerated and it is being called out, so there isn't any hiding behind the profession as some physicians used to be able to do back in the day. It is critical to have these conversations in private, typically one-on-one to begin with, and we recommend that you take informal notes. If the behavior doesn't change for the better, you can move to a two-to-one meeting to include your executive dyad partner 
or another physician partner as you get further into the discussions. Adding a second person to the conversation sends a message that the organization is taking the behavior seriously and that the issue is not going to be swept under the rug. It lends more weight to the conversation. We will cover the coaching, counseling, disciplining, terminating continuum in an upcoming episode, so you'll get the structure for managing behaviors that are outside of the group's cultural norms. As we said at the top of the episode, this doesn't happen often, and your partner may have a variety of reactions. On the one hand, he or she may be hurt or embarrassed. You can manage this by pointing to the cultural norms you've developed and underscoring the importance of all partners being in alignment around those. There isn't likely to be much argument if you've laid that cultural groundwork. Another possible reaction is that your partner will be angry or a bit hostile. This happens when people are stuck in a right-wrong paradigm and they feel as though you're telling them that they are wrong when in reality, what you're telling them is that their behavior doesn't fit with the group norms. They may or may not be able to understand the distinction, and in the end, they may or may not be able to be as successful as a member of your group. And while that may sound harsh, so is subjecting the rest of the group to someone who doesn't honor the established culture. We want to engage in these conversations, uncomfortable though they may be, so that we are actively managing and mitigating risks and keeping esprit de corps high. In this job market, staff will not tolerate a poorly behaved physician or boss, and they'll go to work for another clinic if they see the poor behavior being tolerated. Same for patients, and if the behavior is egregious enough, you could see referral sources drying up, and the practice as a whole could suffer reputational damage and could begin to atrophy. So, step into the leadership role and do the hard thing of holding everyone accountable to the culture you've created together. You'll reap the benefits for years to come. Join me for our next episode where we'll talk about physician contracts, why they're important, and what they should include. You can find more information online at medicalmoneymatterspodcast.com and you can subscribe to the Medical Money Matters content website for physician leaders to find budget templates and many other tools. We've included those links in the show notes. As I like to close out these podcasts, congratulations on taking the next step in your professional development and for making the commitment to learn about the financial and business aspects of your practice. I look forward to being on this journey with you and send you my heartfelt gratitude for all that you do for your patients all day, every day.